episode of Del Caro on Veil. And this episode, we have a very special guest. And I'll just read you her bio verbatim because she does a lot. So my next guest, she's an artist, a designer at heart with a passion for impact and change, giving life to the dreams of others. With over 18 years of experience spanning across multiple industry, cities and countries, she has a well-rounded sense of how design works. 15 of those years, she has spent as the founder and design director of Deanna Nicole Design Studios, LLC, designing for businesses and organizations that connect to their why and give life to their vision. Those that have a vision don't always have the design skills and ability to produce it and make it tangible. Deanne utilized her illustrative and graphic design skills to help others visionary uplift their brand through providing dynamic service in logo design, social media presentations, website design, apps, and product development and design. She's also the co-creator of the Entrepreneur Brunch series, where business owners learn how to build brands and scale successfully through gaining expert knowledge, coaching, and networking. As a graduate and an adjunct professor of Jefferson University, formerly Philadelphia University, Deanna helps to train other artists and designers by facilitating courses in drawing, design, and digital imaging to reach aspiring artists and creative. Deanna sits on the Occupational Advisory Council, the OAC, at Mercy Career and Technical High School, and volunteer in local initiative in the city of Philadelphia. When Deanna's not designing or teaching, she's focused on building her nonprofit, Barren Fruit, which we'll talk about later, a healing and empowering initiative for women that suffer with infertility. Without further ado, please help me welcome Deanna Nicole Murray. Hello, thank you. Hi, how are you? Good. So, you're a woman that wears many hats. And I want to congratulate you on 15 years. Correct me if I'm wrong. 15 years in business? Yes, yes. That's amazing. Um, Could you tell us, how do you create a balance between being an entrepreneur, a professor, along with a mom, a wife, and manage to run a nonprofit? Uh, I, I think the key thing is that there really isn't a true balance. You can't like truly balance it. It's just learning like what balls are currently in the air and how to hold, hold them up at, at that given time. And so it's learning to constantly switch, switch things around and trying to see what, you know, is the priority for the current moment. <laughs> um, but honestly, it's, it's been an ongoing uh, struggle for me um, with trying to navigate it all, but they're all important to me and I'm all pa- I'm passionate about all of those things. Um, so that's the, that's the best way that I can describe it. It's never really a true like 
quote unquote balance. So in actuality, a person can have it all if they're willing to work hard, you would say, and try work hard and also have a passion for what they do that will create that quote unquote balance that everyone looks for. Would you say that? Um, I, I think that's definitely an important uh, recipe to ha- um, to have, but I think it's also learning to this navigate time and adjust priorities because you can't hold all those things up at the same time. So it's trying to figure out, like I, I may, I have certain months where um, like, for example, barren fruit, I have more of a focus on that during certain times of the year versus another. Um, obviously wearing the hat of being a wife and a mom, that's something that can't be put down, <laughs> you know, like, Absolutely. so that's something that, that stays. Um, and I've, I've learned to adjust time frames. You know, you, you may, I might want to do A, B and C right now, but the reality might be, I have to do maybe A now, maybe B and C a little bit later. Um, so that's definitely been, uh, an adjustment so that I have a, a better peace of mind, um, because having self-care in the mix in there is also very, very important, which I've learned the hard way. For sure. And, you know, <laughs> I can definitely identify with being a mom and a wife and, and trying to juggle like a business and you still have, like, I still work my nine to five as well. And you mm-hmm. obviously you teach at the university. So it's a lot on, you know, moms or, you know, individuals that's trying to navigate the entrepreneurial life and balance everything else. And I like the part you said self-care because I want to touch mm-hmm. a little bit on that. Um, during the last year, self-care has become more prominent um, than before. It was actually there, but it wasn't so, the, the focal point wasn't really so much on it. How did you had to prioritize and say, well, I actually have to come first because I can't really pour from an empty cup. I, mm-hmm. I need to take care of myself. How did you um, came to that point? Because you said you learned the hard way. Uh, because I, I I would tend to exhaust myself. And I learned the hard way because I've oftentimes fallen flat on my face or um, it, it will begin to, like, when you take on a whole lot, it can begin to affect your health. Um, mentally, physically, you know, um, and so oftentimes I would, I would know that I've reached my limit because I don't, I'm, I'm also a person that ha- it's difficult to say no. Like I say yes to things, even yeah. when I probably should say no. Um, and, it, and it's usually to my <laughs> demise, you know, like, I, and I won't tell people, you know, like, I, especially if it's someone I love and care about, like, I'll just go to the limit uh, for that person. If I'm needed, I'm there. Right. And so when you're like that, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally just a selfless person. Uh, so uh, the term of self-care was something I had to learn and kind of force myself, like where, you know, like some people that it's, that's naturally how they are. Like some people can just naturally be more selfish, you know, yeah. and I'm just not that way. So 
um, it actually took me to like really go through some things and then also um, be sitting in a therapist chair, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm a big advocate for, for therapy, um, for self and, and in relationships. And I spent a long time um, going to therapy about a number of things and come to realize that I was missing that. Like I was missing the self-care piece. You know, you hear it, you know, you know, they tell you, uh, like, you can't, like, if you're on the airplane, what's the first thing they tell you? If, if anything were to ever happen, you put your oxygen mask on first before you put the oxygen mask on anyone else. for your, yeah. for anyone else. And as a mother, like, that's, like, hard to understand. Like, I'm going to save my baby first. Like, right. what? You know, but what good are you if you can't breathe? You can't, you can't Absolutely. even help your child. Like, you know, so oftentimes that's how it could feel like you just can't breathe like because you're taking on too much and so um I, and I almost would feel guilty like self-care felt like guilt to me like I am giving to myself what I should be giving to somebody else and so um my therapist suggested um one day to keep a journal I didn't do a good job with that but pretty much to, to decide to do something each day and I was like, each day, like every day. And she's like, yes, decide to do something each day. Um, but it doesn't have to be something really, really big. It can be something small. Um, so, you know, choose to do some things that are considered big to you, but do something that's just for you every day. And so for every, everybody that can look different. Um, so it might be like, I love taking a very long high shower. Like that's my piece, you know. I, you know, unless my daughter busts open the door, you know, for the <laughs> most part, it's my piece, you know, so I'll stay in longer, you know, like, so that might be a, something just for me. I might play a certain, my music while I'm in there, you know, that's for me. Um, maybe it's getting my hair done with, un, you know, uninterrupted, nobody needs anything from me or getting my nails done, like with whatever it is, do that thing do choose to do something for you have that ice cream that you feel like you don't need you know decide to do it that day so when I started to look at it like that it was easier for me to do and so now um I make it a point I'm intentional about it and and I think my family also began to see the benefits from it and so my now my husband encourages it you know because he's like yeah you're more pleasant it's more pleasant <laughs> to be around <laughs> You know, I, I find it funny because uh, you're, you're the second guest that has used that uh, example of the plane. And, mm -hmm. you know, as as a as an, a CPR instructor and I also teach uh, mass casualty incidents, that's something that we always teach. You know, you got to make sure that the scene is safe before you even walk in, because what mm -hmm. good are you if you're not around to save someone? And uh, a good instructor of mine uh, once said, What's the first person or what's the first word in first aid? First, you have to take care of yourself first before you take care of others. So, you know, it's it's just something that 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 it's important, you know, self-care and taking care of yourself in order for you to help others. For sure. I like um, that. I yeah, like that. It, it's very important. I mean, self-care, like you stated, could look different for every single person. And like your therapist say, you know. Um, is the little things. So for someone, they may like, like for me, I like to get up in the morning, especially on Saturday weekend, you know, when the kids are sleeping, I would get up 
um, still early, probably like 7 a.m. And I would just sit in the couch and have my tea and I would just stare mm-hmm. out of the window. And that bring me so much peace. So for mm-hmm. a few minutes, I would do it and it became a routine. That's my thing, like every Saturday. So it's very important that we take care of ourselves so we can be of more uh, benefit to others and we can serve others better. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I have to go back to the fact that uh, you have 15 years in business. You've been in business 15 mm-hmm. years. And and to me, that's that's a long time. That's longevity in a business. Um, how would you say that you were able to make it to 15 years? Because a lot of business, they say, failed within the first three to five years. And those, mm-hmm. I think, are the hardest years. How were you able to navigate all the way to 15 years? Um, I believe um, embracing change, not being afraid to fail at certain things. You know, like sometimes we have an idea, we want it to be that, and we want to be, well, we're rigid on that, and we don't want to flex and bend. And I think that was like one of my biggest lessons because my business changed throughout the years. I did a number of different things under the umbrella of Deanna Nicole Design Studio, you know. Um, and and I also went through a name change. The whole time it's still related to design, it's still related to connecting with people, um, helping to um, bring vision, but it, it, it initially started in the, the, the fashion industry. Uh, I don't know if you know that or not, uh, but, I, you know, my my degree was in fashion design. Wow. So my business actually started um I, I was it was all about empowering women and helping them to know what what um the right silhouette, the right color, um the right uh thing for them, but my 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 hook was that I wanted women to feel better about themselves. I, I've always been um just drawn to uplifting people in general, but especially women. Um, and so, you know, when you deal with uh, women's self-esteem and how that connection with that, with the things that they wear, um, that was what I was passionate about. And so my knowledge with art and design and being able to sketch and draw, I would meet with someone, I would sketch it up and I would create it. So yes, I do. I, I know how to make patterns. I know how to sew. I know, I, I have it all locked up in a in a, in a room that I haven't touched in years. Wow. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I was doing that, and then I was uh, always drawing on the side, whether I was illustrating something for someone or making logo. I was always kind of doing that because people always knew that I I started out as an artist, and so uh, I started to make more money on the side doing graphic design. But at the time I didn't realize I was actually doing graphic design. And so my husband, but at the time was my boyfriend. He's like, it's easier for you to do this. You know, like you're making more money from, from design, from doing graphics for people. And, and I'm like, I almost bit his head off. Like, what are you talking about? Like my degree is in fashion. I'm a designer. Like I'm, you know, at the time I was working in New York. Like I, did all that travel and um and then slowly I, I had to realize like you know 
things don't always appear the way you want them to be. And like you said, this is 15 years, 15 years ago, I was in my, how old was I? <laughs> you don't have I guess to say. I was in my t- <laughs> I think I started my business in my, in my early twenties, I believe. And so, you know, did I really know what I was doing with my life then? You know, <laughs> so it's kind of hard, you know, and, and, and when I, when I talk to, you know, the younger kids and high, high school that are going into design and things like that, I'm always telling them like, you're, when you're a creative being, you don't know where you're going to go. Like there's so many different places that you can go. And so my biggest thing, I think that helped me to, to survive because I know I'm giving you this long answer. So I apologize. No, go <laughs> listen, I'm learning. I had no idea you had a degree in fashion design. Yes. So. Yep. So it's just being able to pivot, you know, being able to, to flow with it, like go with the demand of the, the market with your, with your clients will tell you what they want, you know? And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still have people hitting me up. Like, you know, can, can you make me that dress? And I told them I'm retired from it. Maybe one day, uh, I'll get back to it. But, uh, for now, I love the fact that where what I thought was I was helping women physically, but still talking about, and you know, you, the concept is when, as a, when you go to the hairdresser, or even if you're going to the barber, that oftentimes people will say your hairdresser or your barber is like a therapist because you sit down in the chair, you're talking about everything, you know? And so it was very similar when I was dressing a person, we would talk about everything. Um, and so I got more fulfillment out of that and really connecting with women and helping them to know what was the best for them so that they felt good about themselves when they went to their event. But now it's not just physical. Like I get to tap into the mind. I get to now talk to women um, and men about their vision and their dreams and what they're aspiring to do with sometimes a business that was, you know, even when, when I talked with you, like, you yeah. know, the things that we've talked about are so intimate to the heart, you know, and when it's born of something that's so passionate, like I get to be a part of that, yeah. you know, and so that I'm, I'm thankful that I was willing to move um to where God really wanted me to be and that was really connecting with people mentally and and being able to help bring that to life but you know uh with the new technology I mean fashion is still not so far-fetched per se with the metaverse now coming in you know you could still do the graphic designing and designing clothes in a digital type of format yes 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 well you know I still I, I may not know like what's currently going on with, you know, with specifically what you're talking about, but I know that I'm a part of, you know, well, I have done more of the, the I mean, I teach it, the digital side of fashion design. Like I still teach that. So my hand is still involved in that. I might not know like the top, top technology that's going on, but as far as like technical drawings and flats and how they use that to communicate overseas, um, and being able to um, help create that, whether it's the, the vision boards, the mood boards, and all of that, I'm very well much involved in that. But now it's like for a client or for or helping to teach the next generation of designers that are going out into the world to do it. 
Yeah, that is so important. Like bringing life to someone's vision. And, you know, guys, you may not know it, but Deanna, um, she designed the entire Del Caro logo and website. And when I came to her first, I really had no idea what the design elements would look like in my head. I just knew what I wanted and she was able to take that and boom, just bring it to life. And, you know, it, it it's amazing. So the profession of a graphic designer is well needed. And I thank you for, you know, listening to your husband and well, first of all, <laughs> listening to God and listening to your husband and, and following that path of graphic design, because, um, entrepreneur like myself, um, need you, you guys. So you are needed. Most definitely. I mean, I, I concur with what Delise said, because, uh, when you made that, that design for Del Caro, you know, Delise emailed me, she said, Hey, what do you think? And I said, wow, I would have never, ever, ever thought about putting mm. the bird or the national bird of Guyana into that design. Cause I, I dabble a little bit into design cause I love photography. That's my hobby. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, I would have never thought of that. I mean, how was she able to do it? How did she create that content? I mean, wow. I, I seriously, you know, didn't even think about that. I mean, if, if it's funny, cause, um, one of my coworkers, he likes to do that for fun. And we asked him, Hey, can you, can you do something? And he threw an idea out there, you know, and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that, like, that looks kind of cool. I gave it to the lease and I was like, Hey, listen, just so you can have an idea of what it can be. And when she showed mm -hmm. me what you made, I said, mm -hmm. I never th thought about a bird. Look at that. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because um, it's amazing. And like we have spoke before, every element of the design, guys, um, it's a representation of who I am, where I came from, and what the vision and the mission is for Del Caro. So I think uh, Deanna did an exceptional job. And I've received a lot of comments from people that visit the website and um, even comment on the logo. How did you get the elements? And I said, listen, I have a dope graphic designer. I can refer <laughs> you to her, but I don't, I have nothing to do with the design element of it. Um, so, uh, thank you again for that. No problem. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of that. Yes. Know, that's a big decision when who you choose to mm -hmm. one, share your vision with and who you choose to help bring that to life, you know, um, like I always say that a connection has to be made in order for that to be born. So you're very much a part of that, you know, very much so a part of what was created from that. Um, Cause it came from first um, the vision you have for even starting Del Cairo. Yeah. And it's funny um, how I met you uh, because prior to that, somebody had referred me to a graphic designer and mm -hmm. I look at her work and we spoke, but the connection, I, it wasn't clicking. And then um, a friend of mine said, oh, uh, there is an event happening in Philadelphia. Um, you should come out and, you know, show your support and be there. And I'm like, uh, Philadelphia, that's kind of far. 
And, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, let me just go with my gut. And I went out. Um, I saw my friend there. She showed up as well. And you actually spoke at the um, event and yourself mm -hmm. and other um, panelists that were there. And when, you know, they gave out your background and, you know, your card and everything, I said, um, wow. I said, I think I found the person who I wanted to design the logo when I came back and I told Aiden. And then he said, really? And I said, yes. And the rest is history, guys. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So, um, I want to also congratulate you on 10 years of marriage. Am I correct? Yes. 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 Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, that's a, a huge um, amount of years, uh, you know, because the divorce rate, as we know, is um, astronomical. And, mm. um, you know, being a business owner, um, it's important to focus on things like your family and your marriage as well. Um, mm -hmm. How did you work on navigating between family time, spousal time? Like how is there a separation when it comes to business and your time for your family? Because a lot of times when you have deadlines and things of that sort, you tend to put aside family time. I know I've seen many people, including myself, have been forced to do that. How do you mm -hmm. um, deal with choosing the time that, hey, uh, this assignment has to go in the back burner, you know, I have this time with my family coming up? I think the key thing is creating boundaries, which... Um again, for someone with a personality like mine, that was difficult, but necessary um, for me to figure out. Um, I think my marriage probably suffered a, a while because I wasn't good at it. Um, not good at marriage per se, but good at having boundaries. <laughs> um, so one of the main things I can tell you what I do now, um, because I definitely have figured out what works for us um, because I'm sure, as you know, like every household runs differently, like every marriage works differently, like, you know, and I think for us in the beginning, like I was the entrepreneur, I was the one that um, was owning my business and my husband was working the nine to five um, and he wasn't a business owner yet. So I think in the beginning it was, it was hard, harder um, because I don't know if he fully understood what I, the process and what I was going through uh, was trying my best to, to navigate everything. Um, and so with, with, through the, with the marriage, I think the biggest thing is um, whether you like it or not scheduling the same way you schedule time for, for clients and for projects and for this and for that, like make sure you're blocking in that time for family and blocking in that time um, with your spouse and with your children. Um, and so that has helped me tremendously. Um, Cause at first I almost felt guilty doing that, like schedule time with my husband, like it's my mm -hmm. husband, I shouldn't have to schedule time. Um, but just like everything else. And this is what I tell people too. Like if they want something from me and they don't give me a due date, it doesn't get done. 
And so when people come to me and say something and say, oh, just do it. when Like, no, you have to give me a date because everything with a date is going to be prioritized. If you don't give me a date, it's not getting prioritized. And I never get through my list, you know, so um, because of that. So it's just going to remain at the bottom if you don't give me a date. Um, so it's the same thing with your time with your family and your spouse. Um, like they shouldn't be last and they shouldn't get the worst of you um when everything is empty so how do you do that you know um and and honestly i'm still navigating i i I haven't mastered that at all i've gotten better so like like you know me and brian my husband we now have certain day that we will use to like on this day was already planned out like during these times like we're going to be doing something that's for us connecting it could be anything um that we choose to spend that time but we're spending that time together um i have time you know daily with my daughter right after school when i pick her up i realize like that was like prime time um even if it be for an hour like that's still memorable time you know kids remember everything and they also remember if you don't make time for them (laughs) absolutely you know (laughs) and when my my daughter began to be the age that she was like mommy you're always working you know, and on, on one side, I'm like, it's not unfair because I work from home most of the time. So she's, she gets, she sees me working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would tell her, I said, well, the, the good thing is baby that you get to see me, you know, cause if I was leaving the house to work, you wouldn't see me at all, you know, until the evening. So I've, I've learned a break. So I take a nice break in the middle of the day when it's a prime time for her. And so um, also having laundries on the weekend, I used to work every day, mm. Saturday, Sunday, all hours of the night. And now, like, I set business hours. I still might work uh, late at night, but I'm not doing a lot of communicating with my clients. I try to create a boundary there. Um, and then I try to give pushback. Like, this is, they call me on a Sunday. Like, this is Sunday. This is my day with the Lord. This is my day with my family. So I'm not going to really be commun- you know, communicating with people on that day. And I think that I've, I've, I've been more at peace now. Um, definitely. Boundaries are definitely uh, important, but it seems like you, this is what I get, that you're a person that you love to give. And because mm-hmm. of that, giving your services to people. And because of that, um, you created, co-created the Entrepreneur Brunch Series. Could you elaborate a little bit on that element of um, your mm-hmm. business? So with the um, the Entrepreneur's Brunch Series, that was also a way for my husband and I to connect more too. Um, and so I think we decided, like, because... You would think when he decided to go into the, my husband is a, a CPA. And so what, what we realized is that we both offer two major things that businesses need. You know, you, you need your brand, you need, you know, your, your graphics, your website, your, you need all that, but you also need your finances in order and you need to do your taxes and you need to be educated on Absolutely. how um, to uh, deal with your finances on a daily basis within your business. So, um, we realized that together, instead of just working separately, you know, and just, you know, but we have a, con- 
we can connect personally, honestly, because we're in a relationship and marriage together, but also on the business side of things. And so we decided to come together and create this Entrepreneur's Brunch series and really begin to um, bring in our clients that we have contact with on a daily basis. I realized that, especially with me servicing people for 15 years, I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of clients that have stayed with me through the years and clients that um, come on um, board throughout the years, but most of my clients don't just, it's not like a one-off project they stay. And so I wanted to begin to offer them something. I realized that I come in contact with him and I both with so many influential people and so many people that have a lot of value uh, that mentor us. And I thought, I'm always about, like you said, giving, and I wanted to give more to my clients, not just my knowledge, but the knowledge of the people that I'm also connected to. And so we began to have these, uh, uh, we were doing uh, a brunch. So, you know, food is always good to have at the table. Of course. Uh, food. Um, and then we would pick, we picked a topic for each um, month that we, I believe this was in 2020 that we, that we ran this. Um, and I had a guest speaker for every month and we had a different topic. And each topic I felt was something that was going to help um the uh, our clients um, better build their business, better scale, whatever um, stage that they were at. It was something that they could take with it and the opportunity to network with other people um, beyond me just being behind, us both being just behind a computer that we really could engage with our clients. For sure. I think it's, it's beautiful. And you mentioned that you guys offer something that is well needed. He's a CPA. Mm-hmm. You are a designer. People definitely need those services because especially now, I think we are coming upon tax time. So Brian will be getting mm-hmm. a lot of calls because I also refer one of my friends today. I said, and I told her, but he's located in Philadelphia. She said, well, can he do New York tax? I said, yes, he's a certified CPA. So I give her his information. So he'll be mm-hmm. getting clients. Um, coming up awesome. for the tax season, but I want to turn awesome. the focus a little bit more on your nonprofit. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's something that's dear to your heart that you founded, and I just want you to share with our listeners um, your why for creating that. Easiest way I can say it is, it was born. You know, when you when you think about turning your pain into purpose, of course it's. It's something that has nothing to do with the profession I took. It has nothing to do with uh, what I went to school for, but it's truly, truly just born out of my heart um, and a pain that I endured that I will never, ever forget. And I will never, ever put it down or forget about it because I know uh, there's a lot of people in pain. I was told it would be very difficult for me to have children that it pretty much was impossible, that I would not, and if I did, that it was very unlikely that it would be to turn. So I didn't, did not know that there would be a, a Ariana Elise Murray, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had accepted that that wasn't in the cards for me. And so, um, but my journey there is the part that I can't forget because there's, it started, I can say it started all the way back when I was 11 years old, the first time I got my menstrual period, wow. because 
I dealt with a lot of pain. Um, and I learned to navigate that pain all my life. Why was that okay? You know, that should never be okay. An 11 year old or however old um, someone is that may be dealing with, for me, I, most likely it was the endometriosis that was causing me pain at that time. Um, but there's, there's so, it, when you deal with women's health, there's so many holes in it, um, so many voices unheard. And so now fast forward to 18, I don't, I was told, oh, you most likely have endometriosis. You don't have to worry about it until you're ready to have children. But what does that do to me mentally? Because now I go through life thinking, I don't know if I can have, so I thought that all my life, that I don't know if anybody would even want to be with me because I don't think, I don't know if I can give them any children. Um, now I'm in my 30s, I'm married, and I'm telling the doctor, this is going on, this now my pain, I've dealt with pain now since, that didn't subside it only increased throughout the years so now in my 30s my pain has, has significantly increased even more and the doctors ignored me they they ignored my tests they ignored you know and um it wasn't until um i met the right doctors and began to um, really advocate for myself and really start to read reports and look at things that i really began to take my health in my own hands. And so fast forward post-surgery, um, cause I, I did realize I, I wound up needing surgery um, cause I was told without surgery, I had negative chance to get pregnant. With surgery, it was less than 1% after surgery, less than one. I didn't even get a 1%, wow. but I already is here. And so I used to pray every night that, Lord, if I, if you do this, I just want you to get the glory in this. Like, I just want you to get the glory in this. That was my prayer. And so for that very reason, I can never forget. I, I can never express it. I can never leave him out of it because on paper, it doesn't make sense that she's here. When they look at my body in a, on an on a MRI, right, it doesn't make sense. And so um, I know that pain, I know that emptiness, and I, I know what it's like to be unheard. And there's a, so many women that are still battling with all of this, so many things um, that I've had to battle with. And so bearing fruit is for, is a reminder to these women that feel empty, feel barren, feel like they aren't woman enough, feel like they don't, um, they're not able to fulfill um, a deep deep desire in their heart um my my mission is to get help connect them with the right resources help connect them with the right doctors that can hear them help give them support um, with other people that can understand and relate help um remind them of how worthy they are how beautiful they are how fruitful they indeed are and so um yeah, so it's a conference. We did our first walk last year, um, and I'm excited about um, where where it's going to go. And I'm excited for you. I think this is needed um, because I know that there are many women out there that are suffering, and having someone that they can relate to and to help them navigate through the resources, I think is awesome. 
and I commend you for turning your pain into purpose. Um, you know, because you. a lot of times the doctors would say something can't, but with God, mm -hmm. all things are possible. Mm -hmm. And and she's beautiful, guys. So, Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Ari, she's beautiful, and um, I see many more kids in the future. Maybe Brian wouldn't like that, but <laughs> I'm just calling it out there. <laughs> but yes, so thank you again for creating that. Um, before we go, is there anything um, you would like to say to someone who hasn't started their business yet or has so many ideas and floating in their heads and they don't really know where to start? because they're working their nine to five, they have a family, they have a lot of things that's going on on the side, but in their head, they have this vision that they want to bring to life. What would you say to that person? Write it down. Start now. You know, I think sometimes we think about the start, we think about it some more or have the meeting about the meeting about the meeting. You know, uh, and sometimes we just got to get out there and step forward and go. And I think that's like the hardest part. So depending on where you are. So if it's just a thought, if it's just a thought, write it down. Things become real when you write them down. Absolutely. They become real. Put, it a, put a deadline on it. It's okay if you might not meet that exact date, but write it down and give it a date. Put that date on your calendar. Make a reminder because then it becomes something real. Um, if it's uh, that you're afraid to move forward or you don't know if it's gonna flop, it's okay to, it's okay to flop, it's okay to fail. And I think that's, that's one of the, the biggest things is to like accept that like your first idea may just fail. That's not the worst thing that can happen. Because you can learn. I just had this conversation with my daughter today. She was getting frustrated. She's learning to read and she's reading on her own and she gets really frustrated at herself if she gets something wrong. And it's the same way when, when I, I, oftentimes I look at children and the way they react to things, I can relate to the adult version of what we do. We still do some of the same things in a different way. It might not be a full out tantrum. Um, but we get frustrated if it's wrong or we don't start it because we're afraid, you know, but you got to go and just, you got to do it. You got to be more of a doer. You got to just do it. And if it fails, learn from it, move on, fail again, pick it up, learn from it, move on. It's the person that doesn't keep going. The person that doesn't do it, doesn't write it down. Definitely. That's great mm -hmm. advice because it's not, Failure is not doing, but, you know, not failing, but mm. is um, not keep going. You know, mm -hmm. if you fall down, you have to get up, you know, uh, mm -hmm. COVID hit and, you know, everyone went into a panic, but we couldn't stay there. You know, mm -hmm. we had to navigate our way through it. Yes, we may still be wearing masks and, and having to do certain social distancing, but at the end of the day, we're still moving forward. We're still mm -hmm. propelling, we're still evolving. So I think that's great advice. And I thank you so much, Deanne, for being here with us and thank looking you. forward to supporting some of your ventures that you have. 
um, coming up in the future and the ones that you currently have. I thank you for thank being you here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Guys, and always remember, treat each other with respect, kindness, and dignity for it's the only human way. Thank you. See you next time.